So we are beginning a, uh, a couple of messages, a few messages. We want to speak to you uh, about parables of the kingdom. And uh, we, there are seven parables that talk about the, the kingdom of God in Matthew 13. Right. And the parables have a lot of significance to understanding our life, the timing of things uh, as we go through life. And so uh, they're, they're quite significant. I, I just want to begin by reading Mark uh, chapter 1, verse 14. It says, Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And of course, that's still an our word for us today. Right? Amen. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God today is at hand. And so let's just stop and pray before we begin. Father, we just, we worship you. We thank you for this opportunity that we could come together and fellowship around your word. We honor you, God, as king and lord of yes. heaven and earth and lord of our hearts. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to uh, help us to open up our hearts to gain understanding of your kingdom. We do desire to know you deeper. We do desire to know your purpose, why we're in the earth. We do desire to experience your life, Lord, together. And so we want to be prepared, Father, for what you have prepared for us going ahead in this life and even in eternal life. Yes. And so uh, we ask you to help us to learn this morning, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So the message that Jesus came to preach, we've said this recently, and, and it just bears repetition because it's about the kingdom, was the gospel of the kingdom. That's right. what that scripture said, that he, he came saying he was fulfilling the gospel of the kingdom. And the gospel of the kingdom is broader and more inclusive than we often think of the gospel of salvation, meaning right. the forgiveness of our sins, and as wonderful as that is, and as true as that is, the gospel of the kingdom is more inclusive. It paints a broader picture of what God is doing in the earth. In fact, Jesus said, unless a person is born again, they cannot even see the kingdom of God. And so it all begins with our salvation. When we give our life to God, the power of the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of us. It's an invisible work, mm -hmm. but very much a real work. And we are born again. You enter into the kingdom then by faith. By faith you become, I mean, if you stay with the Lord. Amen. You become a citizen of the kingdom of God at that point. And again, it's not visible to the physical eye. You still look the same outwardly. Everybody's going to recognize you outwardly. But something has changed on the inside of a person who's genuinely given their heart to the Lord. A very real spiritual reality has taken place. And, and it can be understood by the people that are genuinely born of the right. Spirit. If you've really given your life to the Lord and been born of the Spirit of God, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says that we've been given the Holy Spirit that we might search the deeper things of God and even under, be able to understand them right. and comprehend them. Because very often if you, uh, when a person is not born again, it said as an unspiritual man cannot understand these truths. And so when we're born of the Spirit, something very supernatural happens that we should use. We've been given the mind of Christ, it right. even says. So but we do have to do something with that. It's not going to just fall on us just because we are born again. We must open and search Come on. for truth. 
and look into the Bible. Come on. Because the 2 Corinthians 4, 18, this is not up on this PowerPoint, but it says, for the things which are seen, all these things around us that we see with our physical eyes says are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Come on. Those are the things we want to know about. Amen? Yeah. I mean, there, there are eternal truths and there are eternal realities about the kingdom of God that are only open to those who have ears to hear. But True. The, but the wonderful thing is God will give anybody ears to hear Amen. who wants to. If you want to open your heart, it's just like that song that we just sang, I want to make room for mm -hmm. you. By faith, we have to do that. God's a perfect gentleman. He will not push his way into your life. He waits for you to say, I'm going to make room for you. See, that's an act of faith. Right. It tells him, I believe you're real, even though I can't see you and touch you. I believe you're real in the spirit. And so he who has ears to hear this morning, let him hear. Amen. This has, been our, this has always our prayer that, people, that God would give you ears to hear him this morning. You're not just hearing Pastor Steve or I speak. You're hearing the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Because it's that revelation that you get, that's where the power of God yes. lies. It's not just hearing dull words. Okay. He's giving it, that's, that's right. That's correct. And the kingdom of God, you know, is going to go on forever. It's going to go on forever. And he's calling people now to repent and believe and join him. Be a part of the kingdom. That's what the message is this morning. Because the day's coming when it'll be too late. The day's coming when it'll be too late. Jesus says... He tells us in his word that he's coming back a second time where he's going to put down all evil. He'll put down all lawlessness Hallelujah. and unrighteousness. And he's going to set up an everlasting kingdom with the rule of righteousness in the earth here with his people, with his Hallelujah. followers. In the Old Testament, Daniel, God the uh, father, called himself the ancient of days. What does that mean? You're, he's the ancient of days. Love it. it means he existed before time began, right? He's from everlasting to everlasting, no beginning, no end. Yeah, awesome. So his kingdom, the kingdom <laughs> He's our dad. of God has always <laughs> been. Yeah, it's here now. Jesus said, behold, the kingdom of God is where? Within, within you. This is, this, this is this kind of this mystery now. Yes. Because it's within us now. It starts here within us. So the kingdom is here, but yet it's not yet. It's not yet in fullness because Jesus hasn't come back and established it here in the earth. So oh the kingdom is already, yep. but it's not yet. It's, it's, that's, that's why you need a spiritual mind to understand these things. Yeah. Uh, and Jesus revealed the mystery of the kingdom of God by telling parables. And uh, the outworking of God's kingdom was a mystery in the Old Testament. And, but in the New Testament, a letter to the church at Colossae says that which was mystery of the kingdom hidden from ages past is now revealed to the saints. Yeah. So it's revealed to you. You, you just need to open your heart to allow him to, to really kind of draw the picture of what we're going to be talking about today. So you have to be active in your faith, asking the Holy Spirit, reveal this truth to me. Let me see it the best yeah. I can. Because this is something that understanding the revelation of the mystery of the kingdom of God is absolute important. It, because it'll change the way you live your life here now. Yes, it will. Totally. Yeah. It, and 
what's really cool is if you haven't opened your Bibles, go to Matthew 13, and we're going to look at these uh, seven parab or seven parables that are in Matthew chapter 13, uh, and we're going to have the next few weeks to take a look at these. Yeah. And I don't know if your Bible has little headings. Mine does. And one of the first parable is talking about the four soils. And this speaks of the different responses that a person's heart will give yeah. to the truth that was presented, the message of the kingdom. The second parable we see here, it's, it's called the wheat and the tares. And that parable actually teaches us that the kingdom itself is not forced. It's you're willing to be heart obedient to him. And then we see the third one is the mustard seed. The fourth one is the parable of the leaven, which teaches that the kingdom starts off small. But then what happens, it's just like what happens with, with the leaven. It works internally and becomes greater and greater and greater. It grows so large, it's going to become global. Praise mm -hmm. God for that. The fifth parable is about the hidden treasure. The sixth one is the pearl of great price. Those teach us that a lot of people won't see the value of the kingdom. Yeah. It's really important. Mm -hmm. A lot of people won't see the value of the kingdom. The seventh parable is the parable of the dragnet. And this teaches us and reveals to us that at the end of time, there's, the wicked are going to be removed off of, out of our, our existence. The Bible declares that even the memory of them will no longer be brought up. And the, also, the wheat and the tares also teaches this. Jesus taught in parables for two reasons. One was to reveal truth, and the second one was to conceal truth. Yeah. <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> Which is it? Parables were taught because it made people who had a heart that was receptive to the truth, it made it easier for them to understand. Mm -hmm. And it also brought about a, let's say, a confusion to those people who in their heart have already said no to Jesus. And Israel was that. Yeah. They had hardened their heart against Jesus. When he is giving these uh, parables, the Jewish religious leaders at that time had already made known that they were against Jesus and they were trying to spread it throughout the country. And the reason why is because they had the very wrong idea of how the kingdom would manifest, how it would unfold, the outworking of the kingdom itself. Israel expected a Messiah who was going to come in to be a valiant warrior. He was going to come in and put down Rome's oppression and establish, the, again, the divinic uh, kingdom where it would be set up in Jerusalem and he would rule the world there. And also, if you look at John the Baptist's messages, well, this also fed the fire, so to speak, because it sounds like this warrior is going to come. And he says this in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. He says, John the Baptist is saying to this to the Jewish religious leaders. He's saying, he who's coming after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. 
He'll gather the wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And so Israel goes, all right, he's going to burn up our enemies. <laughs> we're waiting for him. And the, the Pharisees were extremely knowledgeable of the Old Testament. They knew the Old Testament better than probably anybody in this room for sure. But they're thinking Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2. It's going to be a cataclysmic event foretold in Daniel 2. The Messiah's coming. He's going to set up his eternal kingdom. And we're right here right now. It's going to happen. <clears throat> <laughs> so if you're wondering well what's written in Dan Daniel chapter 2 if you haven't read that lately oh it's good here's a little summary of it uh, King Nebuchadnezzar who's the Babylonian king he has a dream and he's looking for someone to interpret the dream and of course his magicians cannot but Daniel comes to interpret the dream he, he's able to tell him what he dreamt without even the king telling him what he dreamt <laughs> And then he interprets the dream. And the dream was about seeing a large statue uh, that represented four Gentile kingdoms mm -hmm. that would rule the earth, starting with the Babylonian Empire. And then there was the Persian Empire, Greece, and then eventually Rome. And it was this large, tall statue, starting with gold at the head and silver and bronze, and then iron, iron and clay yeah. for the feet and the legs. And right in the middle of the dream, a stone... Uh, that was cut out without human hands. It's just very mysterious, just appears. This stone appears like it doesn't have any human origin, and it comes as a little stone, and it hits the statue. It, it smashes into the statue, and the statue completely crumbles, and it's annihilated. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's so totally annihilated, there's nothing left of it. It's like, like it just splinters as like chaff in the wind. And see, so this is partly why whenever John the Baptist comes saying, we're going to burn them up like chaff in the wind, they're like, this is the fulfillment of what this prophecy was about. And then the stone that struck the big statue and, mm -hmm. and that, the statue and it all destroys everything, all those empires are, are eliminated. That stone then becomes this huge mountain that just fills the entire earth. Hallelujah. Right? And so the prophecy is basically... This, that the small stone is symbolic of the kingdom of God right. that Jesus would establish when he comes back at his second coming. He would establish what, just what it is we're talking about, this thousand-year reign that will begin with the millennial reign of Christ. It was a prophecy um, that they thought, though they didn't understand the time between. No. And in the meantime, you know, we read in the New Testament how that stone... It said it became a rock of offense to the Jews and a stumbling stone Come to on them, now. To them yep. who, who would not believe. No, no, it was a mystery to the Jews, yeah. to Israel. Uh, they didn't have any idea that Jesus was coming first as a humble servant yeah. to die for the sins of the world. And then there would be 2,000 plus years later, he would come as the conquering king. Yeah, to understand for Paul, uh, Prophecy and the fulfillment of prophecy, it can be likened to if you're looking out and you see a mountain range and you're looking at it from a distance and it appears that the peaks are pretty close together, doesn't it? Well, you got to understand once you get on top of a mountain, then you see all that territory that's down there and coming back up to the next peak. <laughs> <laughs> Those peaks are actually pretty far apart. 
And this, the first peak we're going to take a look at, just as this example, is, is Daniel's vision, his prophecy. And this was 660 years before Christ. And it was the kingdom is coming, the Messiah. He's going to rule and reign. And then the next peak is Isaiah. He says, a child is born to us. The government shall rest upon his shoulders. The third peak, Jesus is born. <laughs> He's proclaimed the Son of God. The Jews are thinking the fulfillment's here. Here's our conquering warrior. He's going to set up the kingdom. <laughs> but nobody understood that there was going to be 2,000 years of a church age in between his first and second coming. And this is, that is really what threw them. They were so confused about it because they thought the kingdom would appear right then, right now. It was going to unfold. They thought that the king was coming. He's going to destroy the Gentile empires. They knew that Babylon, they knew the Greek, they knew the Persian, but they were right now. This was the generation when Jesus was here. It was the fourth empire and it was Rome. And so their expectations were high. They were waiting for this big, glorious, powerful, quick change of something to happen. And so then Jesus goes on the mount of, and he says, yeah, Blessed the are the poor in the spirit. <laughs> blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. They'll inherit the earth. If your enemy strikes you in the face, turn the other cheek to him. <laughs> Do good to your enemies. Love them. Yeah. Love them. And he says, learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly. And, you know, you'll find rest for your heart. Yeah. <laughs> Hardly a conqueror's message, right? I mean, Israel didn't like the message. No, they did not. They wanted a they warrior. They did not like the message. Too much suffering, too much weakness. Like, we want mm. big, glorious, powerful Messiah, which yep. is what the prophecy sounded like. And even really, for that matter, the, the disciples had a hard time Correct. with this, too. When are you going to set up the kingdom? When is this kingdom going to show up? It, they were confused by it, too, because when the Lord began to tell them, that he was going to suffer and die at the hands of the chief priests and the Pharisees. And then on the third day rise from the dead, Peter like took him aside, if you remember that story. He's like, you know, Lord, no, Lord, this will never happen to you. May it never happen to you. And he's like, what are you, I mean, you can imagine the disciples are thinking, what? This would be humiliating, weak. Like, we are, you are our liberator. What are you talking about? Right. You're going to die at the hands of our enemies. <laughs> it just sounds like a weak to them and so the lord said you know of course get behind me satan right, right? <laughs> you're an offense to me because you're not mindful of the things of god but you're thinking about the ways of man right because jesus's message and approach to understand his kingdom was going to start out differently on his first coming and so no one was looking for and expecting a suffering messiah no because in, really in our human flesh, we all still want powerful, glorious, mm -hmm. conquering, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and, and really that dimension of the kingdom now does exist. 
That's correct. To a certain extent. It is still part of God's plan. Salvation in itself is a miracle that happens on the inside. Come on. And physical healings and the blind seeing, these things happen Amen. now as a result of the kingdom of God. Deliverance from demonic oppression. Uh -huh. Deliverance from the power of sin. Uh, you know, life transformation. Blessings, they do happen. This is all part of the glorious nature of our kingdom. And it is all a reflection of it. But what Jesus tells us in the parables is there's another dimension to the kingdom that he's actually even yes. more focused on and wants us to understand as even to be more significant yes. than those things. And it's often, it can often be overlooked. That is for sure because, again, we want the big, booming, powerful. What's he focusing boom. on? Yeah, right. So what is the dimension yeah. that Jesus is focusing on? Where's his attention? Well, he tells it to us in the parables. And many of the lessons in the parable are just what you were yeah. saying. He, he talks about the value of the small things, which is really, in a sense, overlooked by, especially here in America, we want the big the monster stuff. We want the big, powerful. We want it now. We want all of that. We like that. <laughs> <laughs> We like that more than having to make choices every day in our lives. Making a choice to, to yield your heart, to love somebody. Yield your heart in obedience to Christ. Yeah. To, yeah, this is, these are the little things that Jesus is focusing on. He's focusing on the fruit of the Spirit. He's focusing on, are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to give when it, when it hurts? Are you willing to serve others? Are you willing to pray? And if we miss out on what God's doing right now, where his attention is, what will happen is that kingdom from within will not grow like it should. Yeah. And God is, you know, that's the problem. We dismiss, we dismiss these things. We, we think that that's just little and there's not going to amount to anything. Yeah. But Jesus, is the whole focus is right here, folks. Yeah. It's right here. Mm -hmm. And what will happen if we don't understand this, if we don't understand what he's doing right now, so to speak, behind the scenes or within you, What's going to happen is that we're going to be offended at Jesus. We're going to be offended at his leadership. Yeah. What will happen is then now we'll become dull of hearing, unresponsive to him. You know, we'll, we, we'll risk the delusion of, well, I was into this Jesus thing, but not so much now. And what happens is then you're going to let, and if, if, no matter who it is, that'll cause weeds and thorns to grow in your garden you'll be saying it's not happening like i thought it was going to it's not big enough it's not noticed enough but the thing is is that jesus notices it all yeah. he is involved with that inner work he is that's more valuable to him it's more valuable to him once again we're going to see it as insignificant that choice you made to give that cup of water to that little one? Yeah. Jesus said, you're not losing your reward for that. Yeah. And so many times, you know, we tell ourselves, well, come on, you know, when it gets big and exciting, I mean, sometimes people come to church. It's like, well, how, how exciting is this place? Is it big and exciting? When it's big and exciting, I'll, I'll get in. I'm, I'll be all in. I'll give them yeah. my all. But we're kidding ourselves. 
We really are kidding ourselves because Jesus actually tells us, no, I'm growing the kingdom in mm -hmm. you right now. This is the work of the kingdom right now that's manifesting. It's what's going on in your heart, like Pastor C was saying, day to day. When you're faced with just the mundane choices of everyday life, you're, you're with people. And, will you love me? What God Jesus is saying, will you love me Come on. in spite of setbacks in your life when things didn't turn out the way you thought they would, or the timing took a lot longer than you thought it might. There were difficulties. There were hurts. There were just dis mm -hmm. delays, time delays, seemingly. And then it seems like my assignment seems so insignificant compared to, wow, when I go on social media, they've got a 1,000 oh. followers, and I only have 10 or whatever, you know. <laughs> it's so easy to be motivated by the wrong things. Yeah. Even in church life, even in ministry life, people are looking to promote their ministry. This is my calling. You know, we have this know God, find purpose, and I've found along the way that people are like my purpose, and now you've helped me find my purpose, and yeah. now I've moved along. I've just got what I need here, and I'm going to move along to the next. They, people use churches even, people as stepping stones to yeah. what they feel like God is calling them to. I'm moving on to greater things. I need more connections, more influence. And everybody, it seems, wants to be noticed. Yeah. Selfie, you know. <laughs> the world promotes big and large. Yes. That's what the world calls successful. Mega buildings, mega resources, mega social media followers. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's easy to chase after all the wrong things in life and then get disappointed and offended right. in the Lord in our heart because we're like taking what the world calls big and successful and we're looking at what we feel like we're doing with the Lord, and it seems like it's just so small and unnoticed. It's like, this is nothing. But the truth is our call and our assignment is not a glamour trip. Come on. It's a call to pick up a cross, which doesn't sound like a lot of fun sometimes, does it? No. But it's a pick up a cross kind of call and faithfully follow Jesus to the end. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I think about in the scripture where it says multitudes followed Jesus for, they followed him for the miracles, they followed him for the food, but where were they when he was on the cross? Nowhere. That's yeah. right. That didn't look like what they wanted. I mean, Jesus had to die on a cross. We don't have to die on a cross, thank God, you know, unless someone is called to be martyred that way like the early apostles were. Mm -hmm. We just get to die to ourselves. This is our journey. Well, our pick up, picking up our cross means we are going to die to ourself. That's right. And we are going to make room for the Lord and do what he wants us to do with our life and follow him, even when it hurts, even when it's harder than we thought, even though we thought if this would mean over-the-top blessings for me in my <laughs> timing and in my way, and when it doesn't happen, we're still saying, you know what, Jesus, I love you. That's right. Because my salvation and your love for me, you know, brought me into eternity with you. And if that's, even if that's everything that I Amen. see in this life, that's worth it all. That is worth it all. And so the temptation by the devil is going to come to all of us. He's going to tempt us to just mm -hmm. drift off the path because of disillusionment, because of hurt, because of disappointments. We're looking for something more. There's got to be something more. And Jesus is saying, it's in the small little right. that you're going to find me. 
in those hidden places where I'm going to be able to speak to your heart and say, I see you. <laughs> and if we know that the Lord sees us, Come that on. should be important yes. enough. That should be the most Come valuable on. view yeah. and light, That's if we right. say, you know, in That's our life, right? right? So we're not going to buy into the devil's lies and just cast off Come on what now. we've been given <clears throat> in Christ just because it looks outwardly like it's not big and exciting enough to us. We've so, got to understand the kingdom. We're, we're in the kingdom right now. Do you remember when the, uh, all the disciples came back? Lord, oh my gosh, devils are subject to us in your name. He said, don't rejoice at that. He said, rejoice, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Yeah, right. Yeah. See, it's the little things. And this is what's fouled up the church. We don't think the little things are significant. They are. Yes, they are. They're big. All of these things here in these parables tell us that it is very significant. The slow and the small. This is Jesus' leadership right now in the kingdom that's happening here now. It's valuable to him. So let's take a look at this first parable here. And Jesus says this, this first one is the sower and the, uh, and the four soils. Jesus says if we don't understand this parable, we're not going to understand any of them. So this is really important. And this parable illustrates a heart response of people when they hear the word of God. Whether or not they're going to allow it to penetrate their heart, whether they're going to embrace it, whether they're going to allow that to govern their lives. This is what happens. He started on verse 3. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they didn't have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And if we go down to verse 19, Jesus explains this parable. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. The Evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their heart. Jesus is telling us that there is a demonic force, the devil himself, stealing the word of God. He could be here at church. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the word of God might make no sense to somebody. You know, they, they hear it over and over in the service, but near their, their mind is out here. Well, what am I going to do the next day? What am I going to do later on today? Where are you going to go? Where are you going to eat? Where, you know, I might go to the lake or something. They're off to something else. They're never allowing the word to penetrate their heart. Yeah. It could be you. You're sharing the word of God to somebody with somebody. Same thing happens to them. No, this is really incredible. You've got to, oh, and... You know, okay, yeah, uh-huh. And then they're off to something else. And so the, the key is, is that you could be one of these sowers. And the truth is, you are. Yeah. And Jesus yeah. said what? The devil stole it. This truth that is presented is not neutral. And the devil knows the power it has to change and transform a life. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so that's what he wants to steal. But we pray so often that our hearts are receptive. Our hearts are softened. I pray that the rain of heaven fall upon your heart. Soften the soil so that that word of God penetrates in so that it will actually produce something. Yes. Yes. So if you're, if you're sharing, if you have a friend, somebody that you, God's laid on your heart to talk to, to give your testimony, just share anything about your story, pray that way yeah. before you speak and continue to pray that way that their heart would be softened so that when you start speaking, those seeds are, are able to penetrate, like yes. Pastor Steve said, down into their heart. Produce. Because this is spiritual warfare. You know, we don't realize that we, we just can be so in the natural, but there's spiritual warfare going on. We pray for these services before we have Sunday service for this very reason. Because it's easy for people to come in and just become distracted and hear maybe, you know, whatever, <laughs> half of the message. Right. And so the, we have to remember we do have an enemy out there that we're dealing with. And then verse 20 says, this is the explanation of the seed that fell on the rocky soil. It says it represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. Mm-hmm. But since they have no deep roots, they don't last very long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. So these are people who hear the word of God. They may come to church. In fact, we see, I've, we've been in ministry a lot of years, and you see this happen a lot. Mm-hmm. It might take a couple of years because this, this says they receive it with joy initially. Their heart initially gets engaged. Right. And they're happy. They receive it. Hey, this message of forgiveness of sin is awesome. Like I've... My shame is gone, and I, yes. this makes me feel so good, and it's good for a while. And they feel, people feel better about themselves, and it says, so the word springs up in them. It starts to give them some sense of joy, yep. but the relationship with God is never really established very deeply, and this is how our roots go deep yes. when we learn to talk to God and have a relationship with God on our own. And so whenever some trouble comes, persecution starts to come, Things don't go your way, just mm-hmm. like what we were saying. The timing of things are delayed. Your marriage starts to have some difficulties. It's difficult, you know, hard raising the kids, whatever it is, that of your life and obedience then to keep following the word. Come like, on. is this, people start asking themselves, you know, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm not pressing in anymore. I'm really not into this Jesus thing anymore. Right, yeah. And you just see them slowly <laughs> drift away. Yep. We've seen it over and over, and it's very sad because sometimes people come to church for probably usually, it could be two years, and things start to get better. You see it. Oh, yeah. You know it, and then when the difficulty comes, and the reason is is because people don't know how to press into God. This That's is right. why having a personal relationship by reading the Word of God yourself And letting the Holy Spirit talk to you, it's personal. He wants to keep showing you things about your own heart. It makes your roots go deeper. If all you do is come to church and listen to a message on Sunday, you you may be one of those people that are risking. Come to the Friday fire in France. We'll talk about walking into the kingdom. Yeah, so so then the next seed is a seed that fell among thorns. So this seed went into the ground a little bit, but there were thorns and weeds Mm. that were also allowed to grow up Mm -hmm. with the seed. These are the people who hear, verse 22 says God's word, 
but all too quickly the message gets crowded out by the worries of this life. Yeah, the distractions, the certain uh, translations say just the distractions, pleasures of other things, the lure for wealth. And so the seed gets choked out yeah. because priorities aren't there. put into place. There you go. And their minds go in different directions when it comes to the things of God. And it says, so no fruit is produced. Man. And there's many things that we can allow to have weeds grow up in our heart. Think of that the past year and a half with COVID, the virus, the fear, the lockdowns. People were told you know, not to go to church. Worries about my job status. How am I going to deal with my money? Relational problems. Stuff going on at home. Moms became instant homeschooling parents. Right. There's all kinds of distractions. Social media. Who likes me? Who doesn't like me? I'm trying to establish some kind of social media presence for whatever reason. People chase after wealth. Right. Right? I mean, you could, you, you could chase after your security and wealth. Seduction with money is really what that's talking about. Yeah, that happens whether you have it or you don't. You know, people think, oh, rich people are covetous. No, poor people are covetous. Everybody wants stuff. (laughs) I mean, really, come on now. Everybody wants stuff. It goes back to what Pastor Mamie said. Where's the priority? Are you preoccupied with yourself? You know? And these are the people who said yes to him for a season. They, they, but they didn't do any gardening. Yeah. They did not pull the thorns out. They were captured by the cares of the world and persecutions. Yeah. You don't really believe that, do you? Well, if I say this, then they won't like me on social media. Oh, I better not say it. Weeds are coming. Weeds are coming. You got to weed your garden. Yeah. And you need the guy who knows how to get the roots of those weeds. Yeah. Holy Ghost will help you every time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on. Verse 23. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word yeah. and produce a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as has been planted. Yeah. You know, some will respond 30 you know, the, the, pretty much with all their heart, and then, but they'll hold back a little. And then there's going to be a time where people are going 60, and, and they're giving it all, and, you know, and they say, well, you know, uh, not all in. But then there's the same people, the same hour of time frame, the same point in history are saying, no, he's worth it all. He is worth everything, and they give 100%. And the fruit he's talking about is the fruit of the Spirit. Remember we talking about what is, what's, what is Jesus dealing with right now? What's his focus? What is, what's he looking at right now? He's looking at the kingdom within you. He's looking at the kingdom within you. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness. And those grow by little decisions of everyday life. We think it's not significant. Or we think outward impact. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we could think, even in ministry, you think, well, I want to see thousands saved, and that's awesome, and there are people anointed to see that done. But you still need 
behind the scenes. Amen. The Lord is more concerned about the, the condition of that person's heart in ministry. There's a fruit of the Spirit operating in that person's heart behind the scenes. Yes. Because the anointing can come on a person and you can do the works of God and behind the scenes. A disaster. Not be a very godly person. And that, that's what we don't want. That's really what gives Jesus a bad name. Mm -hmm. And so we want both. We'd like to combine the, the fruit of the Spirit, the character of God, the yes. integrity of God, along with the gifts to spread the kingdom. But I do believe that in, when we step off into eternity and we stand before the Lord, we will be judged for the, the desires of our heart, the condition of our heart. And even if we'd say, well, I spoke just like the people that said, we did all these works in your name. I mean, he's like, I don't really know you. Yeah. And so we have to consider what the Lord is really calling important during this time Amen. when the kingdom is manifesting. We want the combination. We want the power of God working, but we, we want even more so the integrity Come and the on. character of God inside of our hearts Amen. working. And to give him 100%. I mean, Jesus will honor 30, yes. and he'll honor 60. I believe it. If we go to the end and just say, I gave it 30, and I did it to the end, he'll honor that. But I do believe that his desire in his heart For is everyone. that we wouldn't be content. When we read that, I remember the first time I read that scripture. I remember how it struck me because I thought, I have a choice in this. It looks as though I have a choice, 30, 60, or 100. And I, re I remember thinking, I'm, go I'm going for 100, Lord. Mm -hmm. I'm going for 100. <laughs> you know? I wrote it in the side of my Bible. It's like, that's me, 100. Yes. I mean, you don't even know what that means. Yeah, you do not know You don't what understand sometimes, you don't, the cost of all that that means. <laughs> but he's worth it. Amen. He's worth every bit. And when you step off into eternity, I don't think there'll be, be one, one shred of regret that I, the cost was too much. Right. No, you're going to think, I should have given more. Amen. I should have done yes. more. Why did yes. I stop yes. at 30 when he offered 60 and 100? Amen. Come on. So we're going to That's good preaching, woman. close off here. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what do you desire? What is your desire this morning? Because the option is still there. The choice is still there. Isn't it beautiful that the Lord would establish a kingdom? And he's a king. Yes. And yet he gives us, his citizens, a choice. He's not just saying, you will do this and this will happen to you. He gives us a choice. Would you like to do 30, 60, or 100 fold? Because he tells us that it's in James, too, that in a, yep. in a, lar in a large house there are many vessels some for honor and some for dishonor but whoever cleanses himself from the things that are unrighteous will be a vessel that's suit and ready made ready for the master's, master's use. use so there he gives us a choice again do you want to be a vessel for me ready for my use it will cost you yes that's all part of part of what we've been saying it is they'll it'll cost you you'll have to die to yourself you'll have to be willing to say well i give it up I give up the past. I give up what I thought was important, what I thought would be successful. And you may not even understand what he's exactly calling you to. But if you trust him and you know he's a good God, you know he's faithful. Yes. You know he hung on a cross to show you how much he loved you. He paid the penalty for your sin. 
God the Father sent his son to die on a cross so that you could have eternal life with him. You could have a relationship with him. That's faithful. That's good. And if you just take a step in your heart and say, well, I don't even know what it all means, but just like this song, I'm going to make room for you. Yes. I'm going to give you everything. So just, I want you to bow your head. I want you to tell the Lord something in your heart now. You want to make room for him? Tell him. 30, 60, 100 fold. Who wants to be 100 fold? Raise your hand if you want to be 100 fold. Yes. Yeah. The Lord sees that. He sees that. The Holy Spirit sees that. And we thank you, Holy Spirit. And we thank you. Thank you for moving on the hearts of people today, Lord. Thank you for helping us to understand what it means to become a disciple in your kingdom. And Jesus, you are worth the cost. You are worth everything. You are worth our entire life. And I pray, Father, that you design the path, Lord. Take us on that path. Take us on that journey, Lord, with you. Help us to learn humility like you had to learn humility. Speak to our hearts, though, Lord. I pray that we would resist the temptation of the devil to cast it all away because it doesn't look the way we thought. That we stay close to you, Jesus. We're going to stay close to you, Holy Spirit. We're going to listen to your voice. And our desire is going to be to bear fruit for you a hundredfold, Lord. We, when we see you face to face, we do want to hear, well yes. done, good and faithful servant. Enter yes. in to the yes. kingdom. Enter <laughs> in to the kingdom that's been prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Oh, Father, we love you. We worship you, Lord. Pastor Mamie made that first statement that she's quoting Jesus and it says, you can't even see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. You can't see it unless you're born again. Now, if you're here and you're not born again, you came close to the kingdom of God right today. Yeah. But you know what Jesus' desire is? That you become a citizen. Amen. Yes. And becoming a citizen is just yielding your heart, allowing him to be God, allowing him to be Lord of your life. You recognize that you sinned against him, that you are a sinner. But yet he's making a way of escape for you. He took your penalty. He paid the price so that you could be justified. And you're only justified by faith in his sacrifice. If you're ready to give your life to Jesus today, I'm asking you to raise your hand high enough so I can see it, and we'll pray a prayer, and you'll be born again. It'll be a supernatural. This is the power of God that all hell cannot stop. Amen. Anybody. Cannot stop. The only one who can stop it is you. Anyone at all. I thank you, Father God. It appears that we're all citizens of your kingdom here. And like that prayer Pastor Mamie prayed, our desire, Lord God, is to allow you to lead our life that we'll not overlook the small things, but we want to be a producer of a hundredfold. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.